This is your Chargers linebacker, Dan Henley, and you're tuning in with Chargers Unleashed. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Kevner, Dan Wolfenstein, here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, Aura, AG1, Mint Mobile, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning in the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolfenstein, the fallout of Jim Harbaugh becoming the new coach of the Los Angeles Chargers is not going away any time soon. As we saw him on his first televised pseudo interview, if you will, just before the kickoff of the uh, AFC championship game between the Chiefs and the uh, uh, Baltimore Ravens. He was on there basically just talking about how everything was new to him, what he's excited about, obviously being starstruck by Justin Herbert. But today, things have been extending because over the weekend there was some news about Harbaugh starting to put together his crew. This is the moment where Harbaugh is saying Avengers assemble and the pieces are now starting to fall into place. So Dan and I are going to going to ex- uh, assess where everything is at right now, both from the coaching crew up to the GM, some other possible moves that could be happening here even before Jim Harbaugh's press conference this Wednesday. So we got a lot to get into before we do that. Obviously, Dan, how are you, sir? I'm great. I'm great. Weekend was wonderful. Yeah, you said Avengers Assemble also kind of like Michigan Crumble. The What's going on with Michigan and the stuff that's happening and the guys leaving and the players getting drafted and people maybe now transferring. Like, it's a whole thing. But it speaks to the power and the gravitas, if you will, of a one Jim Harbaugh. And that's what the Chargers are bringing to L.A. And you're seeing this week. I believe the in, the press conference is Thursday, not Wednesday. But you're Apologies. seeing. I was just checking on myself on that. Uh, you're seeing how quickly Jim Harbaugh's impact is felt with not only some of the the names that we're seeing that are now moving over to LA, joining Jim and his staff, but even the players currently on the Chargers roster that Jim Harbaugh has talked about or not talked about, and so. A lot of names that we're going to go over today. Uh, we'll go through GM candidates, the finalists. We'll go through some of the staff that Jim Harbaugh is assembling and how impactful and epic some of these hires are and what they mean to this team. Fun times. You're seeing, like Jake said, Avengers assemble alongside and following suit behind Jim Harbaugh. And that is a big deal. Jake, how are you? I know this is what you're looking forward to most, building up to draft season, staff in place first. Obviously, the big domino was Jim Harbaugh. Everything falls after that. And then after that, you find out how this draft's going to look. But you're getting a better idea of how those draft picks are going to uh, be conditioned, if you will. <laughs> that's, that's a great segue. Uh, Dan, this is... What we're going to talk about today, obviously, we have a few names to talk about that news broke over the weekend for a certain defensive coordinator that we're obviously be talking about coming over from Michigan. Now, this morning, we get the strength and conditioning coach and Ben Herbert. We'll dive into that in a second. But this is really just tear everything down to the foundation. And whether you want to call it from the bottom to the top to the top to the bottom, this is the reinvention of the Chargers culture that they have been missing for so long. And everything of what we're, we've already confirmed, everything that we're hearing as far as expectations goes, as far as what this is going to look like when everything is finalized from the front office to the coaching staff, 
this is that culture shift that has been talked about when it comes to Jim Harbaugh. This is the culture change that has been needed from the front office down of the Los Angeles Chargers for so many years. And what that is going to translate into eventually with free agents, with contract construction, with roster construction come April and the draft time, all of that is going to make impacts for what's going to be happening in the 2024 regular season. Obviously, you go out and execute it. I don't think that there's any worry that that is going to happen. But in terms of just overall roster construction and player development from this point forward, it starts right now. Before we jump into all of this, we want to make sure that everybody knows about Underdog Fantasy, our friends over there at Underdog Fantasy. If you guys are not aware of yet, I want to tell you all the way about the easiest way to get into some of the action on the NFL. It's Underdog Fantasy and their pick'em game. Just pick higher or lower on your favorite or least favorite players' stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. So just pick between two and five players to fill out your pick entry. Every Get every pick right and take home some of the cold, hard cash. Use the promo code Unleash and get your first deposit doubled up to $500 by Underdog. That's Underdog Fantasy. Let them know that Chargers Unleash sent you. Okay, Dan. Is Dan Dubs here? The Harbaugh effect, which has a multitude of trickle-down <laughs> aspects here. <laughs> the, the thing with all of this, and this is where we all get excited, is when the hiring was made, everyone talks about the culture shift. You mentioned it. And what I call the Harbaugh effect. And you hear the culture, you hear about the team's going to definitely be more you know, rugged and physical and punch you in the mouth, and they're going to be stronger, and they're going to their defense and their offense are going to look different, and the offense is going to be smash mouth, and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And then you wonder, okay, well, how, who's going to do that? Now, you're starting to see it. And we'll talk about some of the names. Jesse Minters, a huge get for the Los Angeles Chargers that we're going to be talking about here in a bit. Ben Herbert, huge get for the Los Angeles Chargers. And a huge, huge pull away from University of Michigan. We'll talk about the importance of of him not only getting taken away from Michigan, but brought to Los Angeles, given the history in L.A. with the Chargers. But the Harbaugh effect, I think you can feel it and talk about it in so many different ways. You can talk about it in the, the style of play. You can talk about it in the style of practice. You can talk about it in the type of players that are brought in or retained with this team. You can talk about the mindset. But the Harbaugh effect is real, and it touches everything within the organization within the AFC West, the AFC, and the entire NFL. And you saw how like star-studded he is and the kind of gravitas he brings. I mean, the guy's getting interviewed at his brother's championship game, pregame, talking about Justin Herbert and notably mentioning Keenan Allen and Derwin James. And it kind of gets you to think, well, who who are the guys that are his guys that are currently on this team. And when he mentions guys like Keenan Allen and Derwin James, that kind of bodes well for their future with his team. Derwin James, which we'll talk about with Jesse Minter, is going to have a whole lot of fun in this new defense. But Jake, I guess the question for you, thinking about this, the dust has settled a bit. Who are Harbaugh's guys? Like, who do you think would be his 
favorites, if you will. Not that they're playing favorites, but the ones who are like the prototypical, yeah, that's a Harbaugh guy. I mean, you 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 probably wouldn't think just based off of the way that Keenan plays, but just with the consistency, the tenacity, everything like that, he's definitely a Harbaugh guy. Derwin James, obviously a Harbaugh guy. Rashawn Slater is 100% a Jim Harbaugh guy. <laughs> obviously, uh, Justin Herbert. Yes. I mean, you, you take, you take from the trenches standpoint, I would think that you would call Jamari Sawyer a guy based on what he did during his time at Georgia. You go to that defensive side of the ball outside of Derwin James, and you look at some of the guys there, it's, there's a little bit of a question mark, obviously Tui Tua Pelotu. That's, (laughs) that would probably be the next name that would follow Derwin James. If I was to think about it right now, the rest, because considering that you don't know if Austin Johnson's coming back, you know, you're, uh, Sebastian Joseph Day has already gone to San Francisco. This one's going to take a little bit from the defensive side. I don't know if Eric Kendricks comes back. It's unknown whether or not Kenneth Murray is going to return. That secondary obviously needs a lot of pieces in it because Jasir Taylor and D. Leonard are still question marks. Mike Davis will not be returning. Asante Samuel Jr. is literally the best corner that you have on the roster now. But where can he take his game? To the next level, and that's why you don't know about Alohi Gilman. So important, you don't know about Alohi Gilman. No, so defense has a lot of question marks, but this is one of the reasons why you should be excited, not just from Harbaugh in that standpoint, but from Jesse Minter as well. Because whatever this roster looks like after free agency, before free agency, following the draft, you know that Jim Harbaugh and Jesse Minter are going to get the very best out of these guys. We always have talked about you know, risky picks in the past or guys that potentially could have been reaches and projects, you know, could pan out in terms of just overall player development. Jim Harbaugh, no matter where he has gone, he has got the best out of his players. I don't see that to be any different in this situation. And it doesn't matter who, the, what the roster looks like. We could get an up, an, an upgraded version of Asante Samuel Jr. This coming season. I believe that we'll see a better version of him. Derwin James, when you look at <laughs> when you look at what Jesse Minter does in his defense, you start salivating for what Derwin James could be doing in a defense under Jesse Minter. So there's a lot of key pieces here. And I'm glad you brought that up, Dan, just in terms of who is it that Harbaugh's guys are right now. And I'm not saying this in, in a detriment to other players or or by not naming anybody, saying that they're not Harbaugh guys. But you go off of those three three key names, Keenan, Derwin, Rashawn Slater. How do you build that out from there? How do the rest of the guys elevate their game? What is Jim Harbaugh and Jesse Minter and now Ben Herbert going to do to elevate the rest of the, the players on this team? Yeah, and, and you think about, you know, everyone talks about Jim Harbaugh's competitiveness and his competitive spirit and nature and tenacity and kind of maniacal focus on winning. That sounds like Derwin James, like that dude bleeds and breathes competition. And he probably is the one player that I think you'll see the biggest bump year over year from what it was in 2023 to what it will be the first year with Jesse Minter, which man, that defense has to be excited about what Jesse Minter and his defense looks like. And if you want to know what his defense looks like, 
in the NFL, go look at what the Ravens are doing. That a Jesse nice Minter defense is crazy physical, crazy fast, crazy athletic, crazy amount of pressure that they put on opposing offenses. And oh, by the way, is crazy successful. I'm talking number one in the NCAA successful. Jake, some numbers about why Chargers fans should be excited about Jesse Minter becoming the defensive coordinator. Not only is he like an up-and-coming rising star, one of the best in the business, that's the reason he brought over, but like 2021, the Michigan defense under Jesse Minter was fifth highest rated in PFF, PFF grade all season with a 91.3. Okay, firmly in the blue category. <laughs> 2022 went up to number two ranked defense in the entire NFL with a 93.7 grade. And then this past season with Michigan, the number one ranked defense, according to PFF, with a 95. So better and better and better every year. But listen to this, Jake. Number one defensive grade total. Number one defensive grade in coverage. Number two defensive grade in tackling. Number two defensive grade in run defense. Number three defensive grade in pressure. Like, there is no weak link to the defensive mind of Jesse Minter and the defensive output that he's brought to Michigan. And you think about what that Ravens defense is like. And again, even looking at yesterday in that championship game, I don't put that on the defense for the Ravens of why they lost that game. Go look at how many points the Chiefs scored in that second half. Go look at how many punts consecutively that Ravens defense forced Kansas City to, to punt. You look at guys like Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen and Derwin James and Marlon Humphrey, and then you go back and look at the Chargers and look at what happens with possibilities of do they keep Cleo Mack or Joey Bosa? Which one of those would be a Herbert would be a, a Harbaugh guy? And you look at the opportunity that Deion Henley has right now. Maybe we've seen incredibly unmatched potential and unseen potential, which he's kind of a Harbaugh guy. If you look at the archetype I, and how fast he plays. I appreciate you bringing up Henley. And I think the one reason why that my, that name didn't come to mind yet is because it's such a small sample size. It's we with his the biggest scope that we have seen of Deion Henley up until this point is special teams. The fact that he did not get as many reps on defense after Brandon Staley was let go was an interesting choice. But yeah, you go back to Deion Henley's college tape, you're like, yeah, Scott That's Matlock, definitely. Scott Matlock's another guy that I could totally see making a huge jump, and he, I mean, he impressed last season. The whole interior defensive line is young, but there's some studs there. So I think we're going to see something fun happen with this defense with Jesse Minter. And if you were if if you were to ask the Michigan fan base and folks who cover that team, who the three most important people were on that staff to their success, what would you say those three names are? Jim Harbaugh, Jesse Minter, and Ben Herbert. And then news breaks today. 
Wouldn't you know it? <laughs> Strength coach Ben Herbert reportedly has already discussed with the team, the players, the staff that he is going to be leaving Michigan and joining the Los Angeles Chargers alongside Jesse Minter and Jim Harbaugh. And if you don't know who Ben Herbert is, get familiar. Go watch any video. Go watch any highlight. Go look at how impressive that Michigan team has been over the last few years. Jim Harbaugh will tell you, I think he's been on record saying that he thinks he's arguably the best hire he's ever made. There's a, there is a huge reason why he is making this much of a push for a strength and conditioning coach. Do not take that title lightly at all. Let's go back to Saturday when this, when the news on both Jesse Minter and Ben Herbert broke because, uh, this was first reported by Sam Webb, one of the Michigan insiders. And he, he had first said on Saturday morning about, he was talking about how Jesse Minter was letting pl- players know that he was going to be following Jim Harbaugh to Los Angeles. Obviously those reports were confirmed the very next day on NFL network. But the, the interesting thing here is Dan, as I look at it in terms of the, the money once again, that's being opened up here. Obviously we know for Harbaugh as of right now, it's five years. We still haven't gotten the exact number on that yet. Jesse Minter had signed a two-year extension just prior to the 2023 season. Ben Herbert had signed a five-year extension. So both Jesse Minter, who had two years left on his deal, Ben Herbert, who had four years remaining on his deal, were slated to stay with Michigan for a good period of time. The interesting thing is about the buyout, I that, the buyout situation and the buyout total, I guess, between how it works between college and the NFL, is the buyout number is actually higher that if, let's just say, Jesse Minter and Ben Herbert went to another college team than it is that if you make to the jump to the NFL, the number is actually lower, but Jesse Minter is probably looking at about a around approximately a $2 million buyout for those last two years on his deal. Ben Herbert, who was one of the highest paid strength and conditioning coaches in the NFL, his deal was his base salary was set to increase gradually over the next four years. His deal was also littered with incentive bonuses based on how many games the teams won overall performance of certain players. There was a lot of incentive bonuses that were tied into his. So that's going to be another buyout. Now take into account the difference in living situation between Michigan and California, whatever the number is, Ben Herbert's probably going to end up as the highest paid strength and conditioning coach in the NFL, because that's how much Jim Harbaugh wanted him. And the initial reports that while Jesse Minter was coming to the Chargers, they were saying that it was much more likely that Michigan was going to be able to retain Ben Herbert on Saturday. And then look what a difference 48 hours makes. Now we get the reports that Ben Herbert is making the jump to follow the Los Angeles Chargers. So I'll be really interested to see if we get those details of what that number is going to be for him coming over. But you have to believe one way or another, he's going to be the highest paid strength and conditioning coach in the NFL. And there's a good reason for it. And think about, I mean, we can go on and on and on about how all the players and staff and fans and everyone who's covered and watched the Michigan team, how important and impactful Ben Herbert is to that organization. I mean, everyone raves about him as being like, the right-hand man to her to Harbaugh in establishing 
the identity and the culture of that team. And then you kind of pair that with what the Chargers are dealing with and the injuries they faced and the lack of physicality and the lack of conditioning that we've seen a lot from this Chargers team at times. And while the the, the Chargers staff, the, the training staff, I think was completely overhauled already once already with Brandon Staley. This is a whole different beast. This is a whole different beast. And you hear about the training regimen and the intensities of practice and of workout sessions with this Michigan team and the purpose of those building and preparing these players for the grind of the end of a game, the fourth quarter, it's tight and you got to be able to show resolve and outlast the competition. They make practices and training tougher by design than the actual games are. And so you think of a Chargers team, you talk about like a culture shift and the culture changing. These three guys are massive, are massive. And so we talked about it before, Jake, like it's not just about Jim Harbaugh and his paycheck. Like it is so much more than that. And watching this all come together and what, that means to the pocketbook and to the value of Dean Spanos and his team hats off. And they're just getting started. We haven't talked about offensive coordinator. We haven't talked about defensive coordinator. We don't know special teams coordinator. We don't know GM. There's a lot of stuff we don't know, but so far they're swinging for the fences and hitting home runs. I think the other thing with the Herbert aspect, Dan, is how many years have we heard about the Chargers and the narrative of they're just a finesse team? Yes. Yes, they've had a number of different injuries due to God knows what (laughs) over the years, and everybody's just waiting for the ball to drop from preseason on. But that narrative of finesse has been with the Chargers for way too long. I don't see how. Ben Herbert does not get the very best in terms of getting these guys in the best conditioning shape for next NFL season. I know we haven't taken a snap, but this is what Ben Herbert does. This is why Jim Harbaugh advocated for him so, went so hard to get him on this roster. This is what you should expect of it. Let's eliminate that additional narrative of the Chargers. To be yeah, like and, I, and I noticed it a few times last year too, like in throughout the last few years with Brandon Staley, where you hear so often talking about like, you know, that they want to be a tough and rugged football team, and you know, putting all the words out there, like it sounds great, and that's what they probably wanted to be, but they just weren't. And then you saw it play out where you see like countless third and ones, fourth and ones, not make it. You see countless times the defensive line just gets washed, offensive lines getting trampled. Ben Herbert's getting trucked. Ben Herbert, Justin Herbert's getting trucked. The secondary is getting demolished. Like tough and rugged is what you want to be in the NFL. And tough and rugged is what Jim Harbaugh's team have always been. So this is going to be kind of a can't wait moment. And Chargers fans are excited for good reason. And then on top of that, Jake, we're talking about AFC championship game. There's reports that, Joe Ortiz is having a lengthy conversation with Jim, I believe, prior to the game 
Obviously, Joe Hortiz has worked with Jim Harbaugh for a decade, has been with the Ravens for two decades, is kind of their guru, director of player personnel. He's their draft czar. Looks like he is one of two finalists so far for the Los Angeles Chargers GM job. Do you think it's him? I do, Dan, and it makes it makes even more sense from the standpoint that now you have Jesse Minter coming over, who, before he went to Michigan, previously was with Baltimore. So Hort, Joe Hortiz obviously has a familiar relationship with Jesse Minter now. I know there have been some conflicting reports. Daniel Popper had believed that um, that Brandon Brown was the leading candidate for the GM spot, obviously the assistant GM of the Giants currently. I tend to believe that this is a better long-standing relationship, familiarity with Jim Harbaugh. When you look at, again, the resume that Joe Hortiz has put in during his time with Baltimore, and that is a lengthy, lengthy resume. He's been part of two different organizations. Uh, well, I mean, let me just say that two different regimes, same uh, same team that we're talking about here, uh, but has, has been part of an organization that has won two Super Bowls during his time. Learn from... Uh, Ozzy Newsom learned under Eric DaCosta. Now he has put up a very lengthy resume in terms of overall experience. I think based off of what he has done, his player development, obviously when you go, go back and you hear the stories that John Harbaugh has talked about the philosophies that Joe Hortiz has had when it came to moving up in the draft or drafting certain players in general, this fits the mold. And I think along with, Jim Harbaugh, I think this is why it's going to be such a good pairing. For the last 10 years of Tom Telesco's GM career with the Chargers, there were a lot of moves that were made that just made you scratch your head. And whether that was his infamous third round picks or you can even go back to last year with the Zay Flowers one and just in terms of ones that you just actually made you scratch your head a little bit. And I said this last week when we had when the news broke about Jim Harbaugh and we were out in here for the live show. I see this as an absolute equivalent to when Jimmy Johnson was brought on by the Dallas Cowboys. In terms of wanting the guys that he wants, he obviously now has a great pulse on the college layout. Played against several of the guys, has had several players play for him. He knows their strengths and their weaknesses. He's very familiar with them. I think that Joe Hortiz and Jim Harbaugh in that same respect in terms of players that you know that are going to come in and help this team, how you're going to develop them from a coaching standpoint. I think this is going to be a perfect melding of both of their collective minds. So I think moving forward, just because of Hortiz's resume and what Harbaugh wants, I, I don't see how there would be any disagreements between the two of these guys. I think they would be on the same page come day one. The the type of player I think is blended so well and so seamlessly between Ortiz, Minter, and Harbaugh on both sides of the ball and special teams. You heard John Harbaugh talk about how pivotal Ortiz was in the Roquan Smith trade and getting him over to Baltimore. And you're seeing Roquan Smith is just balling now for Baltimore. His experience with Jesse Minter, his understanding and familiarity with the Harbaugh family and how things are run and the type of play that they want. 
it seems like, and you hear a lot of people kind of talk about it, like the the Ravens of the AFC West, if you will. And which I'm all for, for by the way. Yeah, I have no problem with that. that. Yeah, give me that type of defense for Justin Herbert. That's what everyone has been hoping and praying for. Like everyone, like the bar set so low, like everyone just wants an average defense. Just an average defense. That's not the type of defense that typically runs through Baltimore. They've had a couple years where they had to rebuild it. A couple years where defense wasn't what you thought, but they rebuilt it pretty quick. And so Joe Hortiz seems like, in my opinion, of the two or of all the guys we've seen so far, probably has the best fit to be the next Chargers general manager. Now, will he beat it? I don't know. Again, Brandon Brown, we've heard about as a finalist. He came in for a second interview. I believe it was the day that the Harbaugh news broke was when he was, I think, in there interviewing Brandon Brown as well a second time. Again, possibility. He's been with the Eagles a bit, now with the Giants. There were reports that they saw Brandon Brown doing some prospect research this coming this past weekend, which some might say maybe that means he's not going to be a candidate for, he's no longer a candidate for the Chargers. If he's out there doing GM work, I don't know, assistant GM work. Do you think there's a chance it's still him? I mean, everything, again, everything is still up in the air. You get conflict. We've gotten conflicting reports since both Brandon Brown and Joe Ortiz took their second interviews last week. Daniel Popper believes that Brandon Brown, the last piece that he wrote, that he was the favorite. Others believe that it's Ortiz, just given the length of the resume. So now you have two very different GM resumes here. The up and coming Brandon Brown, obviously learned down under. Uh, uh, Howie Roseman for several years in um, in Philadelphia. Now he's been very widely re- respected since his time with the Giants. And then you have Ortiz and his resume that has basically spanned 20 plus years with one organization. I, again, I'd be interested to see what this decision ultimately is. I would assume that that news is going to drop anytime between now and Harbaugh's press conference on Thursday. Uh, I think it'd be very, I don't think that you would do two separate press conferences. So, when Jim Harbaugh is being introduced to the Chargers, you will likely see the GM sitting right beside him. Um, but this is just an interesting, It's uh, and maybe this is, again, Dan, part of what the Chargers have done throughout this entire hiring cycle, much like they did for the head coaching, casting a wide net. Now, Brandon Brown, if we went after the, or if we were talking about the big four that all had ties to Harbaugh, it was Ed Dodds, Ian Cunningham, Joe Hortiz, and Brandon Brown. And I think if uh, most people, if you looked at it just in terms of those four, Brandon Brown was probably the one that was least the least talked about just in terms of what they felt was going to be the best fit. So this will be interesting because Brandon Brown and Joe Ortiz out of those four are the only two that were brought back for second interviews. So Which is interesting. I wonder, like, you know, you don't hear anything about Ian Cunningham anymore. Don't hear anything about Ed Dodds anymore. Not just with the Chargers, like at all. Watch, come Thursday, we're both going to be wrong, and it's going to be either Ed Dodds or Ian Cunningham that's sitting up there on Thursday. <laughs> Which, so, again, neither who, of those would be... I'm fine with those two. Like, Ian Cunningham, you and I both talked about at length. Like, in, a, in, in isolation, I think he's the best GM candidate out there. But it's not just about the GM candidacy. It's about how well the fit is with the team and the staff. I think each one of these guys has their strengths and in, in terms of, and like you said... 
how, the connection. How does it? How does it? How is it going to mold with Jim Harbaugh as far as what he wants for this team? Each the, one of them the has one, a different strength one, in that regard. Yeah, and the one saving grace I think I do have with whoever it is is we haven't heard much, but I hope JoJo Wooden stays and he brings a ton of experience and has it with an organization. Ed McGuire, you heard Jim Harbaugh talk about the studs that they have on this team and they he brought up Ed McGuire. And so in terms of like contract creation and salary cap nuance and all that kind of stuff, that's a big part of managing a roster. And so having that as like a crutch, I think will help whoever it is and make it less of a transition or of a steep transition, I should say, than if they weren't there. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. You're probably going to find out who the next GM is here in a bit. And then news breaks recently that Marcus Brady, offensive coordinator for the Colts, is interviewing for the offensive coordinator position for the Los Angeles Chargers. There were rumors about Greg Roman as well. And we've seen a bunch of reports out that he's going to be joining the staff along with Jay Herbert. Jay Herbert. Man, Herbert and Harbaugh. There are so many names here you're going to have to keep track of. But Jay Harbaugh and Greg Roman both have been rumored to be joining the Chargers staff in some regards. Jay Harbaugh, special teams coordinator for Michigan. We know how important and how impressive Ryan Ficken has been for this Los Angeles Chargers special teams and how good the special teams has been. So there is some trepidation here, hoping that Ryan Ficken stays. Jay Harbaugh joins another part of the staff. Same, I think, with Greg Roman. I think that's one where Chargers fans are hoping, largely, they're hoping that Greg Roman is not the offensive coordinator, but really don't care where else he goes as long as it's not offensive coordinator. So Marcus Brady, Jay Herbert, Greg Roman, all possibly being on the staff. I think Roman and Herp and Harbaugh will be to some capacity. But again, we don't know who the offensive coordinator is. And while Jim Harbaugh being the head coach makes it less of a, I don't want to say concerned, but makes it less of a like, oh my gosh, got to make sure that we get the offensive side right because you don't have an offensive coach. Like that part's done. But what do you make of the Marcus Brady interview? And the offensive coordinator position that's still open. So, so just Again, for context, on the, sorry, this on the back, this on the backdrop of this, sorry, this on the backdrop of Kellen Moore taking the Eagles job. So he's not there anymore. There you go. Yeah, which I want to go into that a little bit because it's also interesting, a little bit of reflective of Ryan Ficken's process as well. But for Marcus Brady, former offensive Colts. Um, or offensive Colts, <laughs> Indianapolis Colts uh, offensive coordinator now as a uh, consultant for the Philadelphia Eagles. So that's a little bit of an interesting choice. You try to go back and you try to find the Harbaugh connection with Marcus Brady, and there's not much in that circumstance. So outside of everything that we had heard from the great Romans and everything like that, that you could possibly think is like, okay, Harbaugh is going to bring back his guys. That was one of the ones that you kind of felt was a little bit of an outlier. Now go back real quick to Kellen Moore, because I think this directly obviously reflects to Jay Harbaugh as well. Remember before the announcement that Jim Harbaugh officially was joining the Chargers, the Chargers were blocking Kellen Moore from essentially interviewing anywhere else. The Chicago Bears wanted to interview him. They blocked him. 
as soon as the Harbaugh news dropped, the charter said, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Start interviewing. That's totally fine. And I believe he got requests from the Cleveland Browns had wanted to interview him. Obviously, the Philadelphia Eagles did, and that is where he is headed now for his next offensive coordinator job. So who's going to man that offensive coordinator position? But I bring up Kellen Moore, and Dan brought up Kellen Moore for a very specific reason, because if we all remember, Ryan Fitkin was also being blocked to from other teams wanting to interview him. Now, you haven't heard anything changing on that front. I haven't heard anything in what, at least two weeks about Ryan Fitkin interviewing anywhere else. If this was me, and this is what a lot of people have had questions about in terms of Jay Harbaugh coming on board, I do not believe that Jay Harbaugh is going to replace Ryan Fitkin. If Jay Harbaugh comes in this team, I think you're possibly looking at an assistant special court, team special coordinator at best. You bring him on, as the reports have said, in some capacity, much like Greg Roman on what they're planning on doing with that. But you can't look at this coaching team and tell me that Ryan Fitkin was the weak link of it. Not at all. Not at all. No. Of the three position coaches, you probably the big three, he was the best. So I think you bring Jay Harbaugh in in this circumstance to be part of Ryan Fitkin's team and on special teams. And that's how you, you develop it out. That's the capacity in which Jay Harbaugh comes in. I still don't believe that you could say that while Jay Harbaugh obviously being Jim Harbaugh's son, that that's going to automatically unseat Ryan Ficken from his position. So I don't anticipate Ryan Ficken leaving, uh, but this is that's going to be a, a crucial building point to this coaching staff moving forward. Greg Roman, I could totally see him being like a run game coordinator for the Chargers offense and their staff. Which, which would probably be the best situation for him to fall into that, that, i think that's the best outcome honestly and like maybe david shaw comes and becomes the offensive coordinator or passing game coordinator like we don't know like he's already interviewed so there's a lot of stuff in the air but you know this is one of the things you have to kind of take with this kind of new chargers under jim harbaugh era it's like he kind of got to trust the process and those big three that we talked about, Jesse Minner, Jim Harbaugh, and Dan Herbert. Ben Herbert. Man, I can't get all these Herbert. names right. It's crazy. That's a big deal. And so things falling in line, they kind of got to trust these guys to do it. Like, that's why you brought them here. Um, any other names that you've heard or that you want to bring up as possible candidates for the staff? Dark horses, names either we haven't heard before, or maybe names that we should remember. I mean, you could do a lot of digging in terms of previous coaches that Jim Harbaugh has had relationships with. A lot of people have been <laughs> pointing to Tanner Engstrand, who's the Lions passing game coordinator because of his prior relationships with, um, with Jim Harbaugh. But I think, Dan, what you're going to get, and obviously we have a, there is a lot to do as it relates to this coaching staff. And especially now when you see things from down to the strength and conditioning coaches coming in, I think majority of this coaching staff, because now you even hear Chris Beattie is going and interviewing with the Chicago Bears, which is, I think you might see one where on both, 
both sides of the ball, you could totally see in terms of position coaches being completely gutted. This this could be a huge, huge overhaul. And again, it makes sense from the standpoint of how Jim likes to construct his staff. But I think you're going to get a good mixture of both veteran experience guys with NFL experience. And then obviously with guys like Jetsy Minter, who obviously has coached previously in the NFL before Michigan and now coming to the Chargers. I think you're going to see a good blend of that in terms of how this coaching group is going to play out. And I think that's a huge benefit for this team, but it also just speaks volumes to this is the Chargers giving that control to Jim. Like, it's so funny. I was watching the replacements the other, other night, Dan, and it's the very beginning where you have Gene Hackman on there. You know, he's the old coach coming back to, to coach the scabs. And he's telling the other team, he's like, I want total control of my team. I want to be able to recruit anybody I want, no outside interference. And I'm like, oh my God, like this, this is Jim Harbaugh, right? Hey. Here. This is exactly it. <laughs> so from a organization that has been so historically hand-strung on who does what. This is the early signs of Jim Harbaugh basically having carte blanche to make this coaching staff and make this roster what he needs it to be. This seems like the cleanse that I think so many Chargers fans were were desperate for. And for for as brutal as that season was and as disappointing as it's been lately for Chargers fans, Seeing Telesco no longer part of this organization and Brandon Staley no longer part of this organization and to see the overhaul of the entire staff and what Dean Spanos is now committing and like the change that we're seeing there and the commitment that we're seeing to this new vision that they talked about and to success and to building a championship caliber organization. It is making this 2024 off season so much more exciting and palatable. I think for chargers fans, because if you rewind to that Raiders game, it was bleak and no one gave much thought to like, oh, I can't wait for the 2024 season. That was not a thought. And now you're seeing so much hype and excitement and energy to this fan base and to the organization and to the national narrative about this organization. Like, Chargers football is back, man. Like, you saw the press conference scheduled for Thursday. You saw a little, like, minute, little snippet of Jim Harbaugh. And it's being retweeted by like the national big names on social media. Like that doesn't happen to Chargers fans. That like they don't get nice things. And so it's just it's nice to have so much to be excited about and so much reason to be excited about it. Like this isn't just, oh, it's a new head coach and a new GM. Cool. We got some new stuff. Let's see how it works. Like we now have guys that we know have been successful everywhere. So I don't know. It's just it's just cool to see Chargers fans deserve the the, the excitement, and yeah, does it mean they're going to win next year or ever? I don't know, but they're bringing in guys that I think you would trust to be able to make that happen. So, anything else, Jake? Before we head out of here, I know we went a little long, but there were some names we had to discuss. 
nothing else as far as that front right now. Uh, this week is going to be, it's going to have a lot to cover in terms of just overall news. Uh, next episode, you guys definitely won't want to miss as Dan and I are doing another crossover. I know Dan was a, Dan and the director were bedfellows last week in terms of their crossover. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, Dan went on the director's episode. The director came on our episode and it was nice Obviously, anywhere the director goes, it's always a great time and it gets you hyped for Chargers football in general. But uh, we're doing a special crossover with another duo that represents the Los Angeles Chargers and their great podcast. So keep an eye out for that for the next episode. It's going to be great. Promise it's going to bring the hype in that circumstance. Uh, but outside of that, Dan and I, Dan and I got a lot planned for this week. We got some fun stuff happening. Uh, Jake, the next time we talk, we may know who the Chargers GM is. We'll see. Uh, for Jake Hefter, you can find him at Jake T. Hefter, myself at Dan W. Sports. Again, please hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get it. Hit that like button. We appreciate all of you. This is a fun ride. The ride's just beginning. And we'll talk to you next time on Chargers Unleashed.